Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, Hallowed be thy name. Well, just why is God's name so high and holy and honorable? He tells us more about that in our scripture lessons for today, and we'll hear more about it in our sermon, The Lord's Name Saves. We'll follow along with the order of services that's printed out for you in our worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin with our opening hymn, 563. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. 
God invites us to come into his presence and worship him with humble and penitent hearts. Therefore, let us acknowledge our sinfulness and ask him to forgive us. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For all that we need in life and for the wisdom to use all your gifts with gratitude and joy, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the steadfast assurance that nothing can separate us from your love, and for the courage to stand firm against the assaults of Satan and every evil, hear our prayer, O Christ. For the well-being of your holy church in all the world, and for those who offer here their worship and praise, hear our prayer, O Lord. Merciful God, maker and preserver of life, Uphold us by your power and keep us in your tender care. The works of the Lord are great and glorious. His name is worthy of praise. Let us pray. Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant us to know your Son, Jesus, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may boldly confess him to be the Christ and steadfastly walk in the way that leads to life eternal. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. In our first lesson, taken from Exodus chapter 34, 
the Lord proclaims his name to Moses. And as we listen in on this proclamation from the Lord, we come to know so much more about him than just a name. It's who he is. It's what he reveals to us about himself, uh, that he punishes sin, but he's also gracious and compassionate. Love and gospel. And of course, those things are satisfied in the one he would send, Jesus Christ. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. This is the word of our God. Our second lesson today from Romans 10 is the basis for our sermon. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or, Who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of our God. Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel today, according to Matthew chapter 16, many different people have different opinions about who Jesus is, but by the Father's grace to each of us, we can confess along with Peter that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, 
Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn, 510.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, the only name given to men under heaven by which we must be saved. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today, the second lesson from Romans chapter 10. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Back in January of 1986, I was only in first grade at the time, but I remember watching on the television and seeing the Challenger space shuttle blasting off shooting high above the Atlantic Ocean, miles up into the sky, and then all of a sudden, exploding, a plume of smoke and debris drifting down through the air back into the Atlantic Ocean. What a tragedy. All that planning, all the parts and the building and the engineering, all of the training for the astronauts, all of the expenses with wages for different personnel, everyone that was supporting for that mission. What happened? Well, it seems as though it really came down to some O-rings which connected parts of the rocket. Because it was colder in January, they contracted, got a little smaller, and there wasn't a tight seal. So hot gas leaked and ended up destroying the propellant tank and things spun out of control from there. And worse than any of the rest of it, every one of the seven member crew perished. On such a high mission, you've got to get it right. There's no room for error whatsoever. And it really is the same when it comes to getting right with God. Coming into his presence and remaining with him for the rest of time and eternity, you've got to get it right. And Paul talks to us about that in Romans 10 for today. When it comes to righteousness with God, you've got to get it right. He speaks of God's proclamation, our profession and anyone's protection. In this section of Romans, from chapters 9 through 11, Paul takes up the subject of his own people, the Israelites. Paul had grieving in his heart, unceasing anguish, because his own people, his own fellow Israelites, they were zealous for God. They were looking to serve God, much in the way that Paul had been formerly. Paul looked to carry out every last one of the Jewish laws faultlessly. As a Pharisee, he was meticulous and so careful about everything in his life, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's in all of his actions and all of his words. He thought he was serving the Lord so greatly, as did many of his fellow Israelites. They were not getting it right. So zealous for the Lord, but they didn't realize, they didn't make the connection, they didn't understand what God's real will truly was for them. In a similar way, 
Don't our hearts grieve? Isn't there anguish in our hearts as well as we consider our people, the the people of our community, the people of our country, perhaps people we work with or even friends or family members, people who work so hard, they're so concerned about being good people and doing the right thing. They serve at churches and they volunteer in their communities. They're so zealous But our hearts grieve for anyone who doesn't get it right when it matters most. And even we ourselves, each one of us, we have quite the tendency not to get it right. If we've been a Christian for a while, we look back on all the years of service at our church, the committees we've been on, the work days we've been part of, the volunteer hours that we've put in, and we think, yeah, I'm all right. God should be all right with me. Or we each know the sins that we ourselves struggle with. And when we have a week where it seems as though we've avoided most of the big ones, at least the ones that seem big to us, start to think, yeah, I'm doing all right now. God should be at least a little happier about me because of the way I acted last week. Or we look at other individuals or families around us, people who really struggle to keep their act together. It seems like everything is falling apart for them. And we have a way of convincing ourselves that we must be a little bit more right with God because at least we don't do that. At least we haven't fallen into that. Paul speaks about the righteousness that comes by the law. He says, the person who does these things will live by them. If you want to be right with God, by the way you live, by the things that you do, by the laws that you follow, you can't just be mostly right. Not just more right this year than you were last year. Not just more right than other people. 100% right. Perfect, holy. In your words and your works, in your attitudes and your actions, in your heart and in your head, an airtight model of holiness, completely sealed off from every sin, never shrinking back from doing what you were supposed to do. That hasn't been me, and that hasn't been you. We haven't gotten it right. And if we seek a righteousness that is by the law to be right with God, we will fail to launch. We will go up in plumes of smoke and spiral out of control in a ball of fire under God's eternal and right judgment. But the righteousness that is by faith, That is what Paul proclaims here. That is what God proclaims in the scriptures. And if you noticed, in this section, that's why Paul refers back to the Old Testament quite a bit. God had proclaimed the righteousness that is by faith, the only right way to him ever since the Old Testament. It hadn't changed. That's what God proclaimed through his apostles too. And Paul himself 
That righteousness doesn't come by our efforts or how well we've carried out God's commands. It comes by God's work, received by us. We don't have to ascend high into the heavens or descend into the depths of the earth. It's not the lengths that we go to get it. God packages it and delivers it to us in his proclamation in his word. The word is near you. It is in your heart and it is in your mouth. That word that God has proclaimed to you. That proclamation is that Christ has gotten it right. Christ descended from heaven to earth. Christ lowered himself to live under God's laws in our place. There at the cross, Christ hung underneath the rocket. He took the full blast of God's wrath for all the times we didn't get it right. He died and was placed into the ground. He descended into hell to proclaim his victory. Then he rose to life again. He ascended to the highest heaven above all authority and any other name that can be given. Righteousness from God. Righteousness for you. Righteousness with God. Righteousness by faith. Simply trust. Simply believe. That is the only right way. In Christ, we have it right by God's proclamation. But Paul also speaks about our profession. Out in Nevada, there is what is known as the Carlin Trend. It is a 40-mile stretch of land, about five miles wide, dotted with all kinds of gold mines. Some of them are open pit, others are underground mines. It's one of the most valuable, richest gold mine areas in the entire world. Every year, about 1.6 million ounces of gold come out of that gold mine, worth an estimated $2.8 billion. And that's what we expect from year to year then. There is going to be gold coming out of that mine. In fact, it would be strange, in fact, impossible, if gold didn't come out of a gold mine. Gold will be extracted from a gold mine. Let's listen again to what Paul says here. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Sadly, many people look at these verses and teach about these verses that you need to also decide for Jesus. You need to say a prayer and invite Jesus into your heart, and by professing your faith in him, by naming Christ and claiming him, you somehow seal the deal of salvation for yourself. Yet that's not what Paul is talking about in the context here at all. It's it's not by anything that we do or any law that we obey, simply receiving it by faith. And the scriptures as a whole, they tell us that we were dead in our transgressions and sins. We could never come to God on our own. We were enemies of God. Romans 8 lays that out. We would never call on him on our own. The gospel lesson for today as well. You heard when Peter confessed that Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus did not say to him, Well done, Peter. 
now that you have named me as your Savior, you can always look back on this day when you finally made your salvation your own. No. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. This was God the Father's work. God's work that we profess our faith. That we say Jesus is Lord. That's what Paul says elsewhere in Scripture too. 1 Corinthians 12. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And earlier on in Romans 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Our professing faith in Christ is God's work from first to last, kind of like a gold mine. Where there is no faith in the heart, there will be no profession of faith coming out of the mouth. But as Jesus says... The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Back in Matthew 12. Hearts that have the rich treasure of Christ by faith will bring that out richly out of their mouths. A heart of faith will come forth in words of faith as well. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. We who trust in Christ, all of us, we will profess our faith among each other on Sunday mornings or whenever we gather around God's word. We will profess our faith in Christ when we're not together. We will profess our faith in Christ when we're around those who don't know it yet either. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, If you acknowledge me before men and before others, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. We've got to get this right. Our profession of faith is not in order to be saved, but because we are saved. Paul also speaks here about anyone's protection. There are an awful lot of differences between people People are different heights. People come from different cultures and experiences. They have different tastes in food and music. They have different abilities, whether it's working well with their hands or interacting well with people. All kinds of differences, but one thing that is common for every human being who ever lived, they will see the day of the Lord. On the day of the Lord, Warriors will loom over every nation. The earth will tremble. The stars will shake up in the heavens. The sun and moon will go dark and the stars will no longer give their light. The Lord will be at the head of the army. Those armies will not break ranks. Ahead of them, a fire devours. Behind them, the flames blaze. Who will be able to stand? Who will be able to endure this every face will turn pale on the day of the Lord. That's how the prophet Joel pictures Judgment Day. But then Paul quotes Joel here when he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. 
This is for anyone, whether you're black or white, young or old, male or female, regardless of what continent you grew up on or what generation you came from, regardless of what church body you belong to, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, trusting in Christ, their crucified and risen Savior, will be saved, protected from the flames and the fury, protected from death and destruction, protected from the terror and the torment. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You will get it right. Protection for anyone. It takes an awful lot of faith to step into a rocket, looking straight up, thrusting upwards at thousands of miles per hour, trusting that everything with the rocket was built correctly and all the safety checks were performed accurately, trusting that your body will be able to handle the transition to zero gravity with the splitting headache and the intense nausea, trusting that you'll be able to breathe up there in outer space and that all the landing and getting back down to Earth's surface will go according to plan. There is so much faith involved in that. But when it comes to the final frontier, facing eternity, coming into God's presence, all that takes is faith. By faith alone, in the one who has accomplished the mission for us, in the one who descended from heaven to earth, rose from the dead and ascended to the highest heavens, focus on him. Look up to him. Listen to his proclamation. Profess your faith in him. Stand firm in his protection. Jesus is Lord. And he's yours. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. 
we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We continue with prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for life and breath and the countless ways that you provide for us. Thank you for blessing Pete Prangy with 97 years of life and eternal life in your son. Give him a joyful birthday celebration with loved ones this coming Thursday. Holy Spirit, please bless our St. Paul's Early Childhood Day School as they begin classes tomorrow. Give faithfulness and endurance to the teachers and growth in Christ to all. And we join to pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In love, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He sends us the Holy Spirit to testify that we are his children and to strengthen us when we are weak. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and thanks and honor and glory forever and ever. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please be seated for the communion distribution. If you're visiting with us today, please take note of our practice of close communion as it's outlined on the screen and in the bulletin. <laughs> 